Support for today's show comes from Naturalicious. Designed to reduce time spent on wash day, Naturalicious delivers the results of 12 products in just three. Damn. All while improving overall moisture retention and health of your curly or coily hair. So I am very excited. My Naturalicious is on the way. It is in the mail and I cannot wait to try it on my tresses. Lord Same. knows they need some loving. Mindy. And if I'm able to reduce wash day down to three items, which I currently do not use, then it's just <laughs> going to be all right with me. So try Naturalicious today. Available at 1,200 Sally stores nationwide and online at savetimeonwashday.com. That's savetimeonwashday.com. Show you right. Today's show is also brought to you by Silences, the new album from Adia Victoria, out now on Canvas Back Music. NPR says Adia Victoria captures the spirit of the blues in a simple phrase, Black Genius. Silences was produced by Aaron Desner of The National and is available wherever you get music. Visit Adia, A-D-I-A, Victoria.com for, for tickets to her Dope Queen World Tour on sale now. What things? Things I imagined. What did you see? I saw things I imagined. What? Things what? What though? I imagined. Well, did you imagine them in one key? <laughs> I imagined. What things did you imagine? Things I imagined. Say things one more time. <laughs> Say things one more time things and tell me I'm just what what did you see? <laughs> oh my god. I'm not gonna be able to do this. <sighs> oh my god. I'm stressed out. I can't. Mm, 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 mm. Praise the Lord, niggas. Oh, Jade is seeing Lord, things niggas. that she imagined wherever they are. Mm. I don't know anything about that, but you and I are, are we are um, at the kitchen table where we are um, getting grown podcasts and I'm seeing things in reality. In just, <laughs> um, <laughs> yes. And uh, we talk about adulting here, which is very much a reality. Nothing about adulting is imagined. Ooh. <laughs> Not a single Not thing. Not one thing. Not a single thing. Oh, my God. Please. Okay. <laughs> We're going to talk about adulting. <laughs> the good, the bad, the ugly, the test, the trials, the twists, the turns, the temptations, and the taxes, because tax times is coming. Uh, of the year of our Lord, uh, of, the re- of being a real live adult in the year of our Lord 2019. What's up? What's up? Nothing. It's the same story every single week and probably will be. It's a story of a lovely lady who was bringing up three very lovely girls. (laughs) All All of them them had hair of gold like their mother, the The youngest youngest one. one. Oh, my God. (laughs) What? Here's a story. You just be singing. Of a man named Brady. Whatever you want. <laughs> it drives me mad. 
Please. Oh my God. You imagine. I mean, Jay's gonna sing in four keys. One song, four keys. I mean, are we are we just gonna like learn to deal with it or oh my god. Bum. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, I miss the Brady Bunch was a vibe. That song. It really was. I actually watched the Brady Bunch. It was one of the very few shows that I would indulge in without black people in it. Yep. Consciously, yep. that's true. That's I was like, true. Ain't no black people on it, but you know, uh, I mean, not once, it, though. Not, not once. No, didn't see one Negro. Not, not one, one time Negro. ever. <laughs> not that I can recall. Now, maybe we're wrong. Maybe there was a wayward maybe Negro in the back. Maybe there was, but to my knowledge, there was never a black person on any one episode, of or a, a Mexican. I mean, <laughs> honestly, <laughs> were the Brady's races? No, they couldn't. They be. couldn't have been. Well, they didn't have a I toilet. I guess they could have been. They didn't have a toilet. They did not have a toilet. That's one of the fun facts from the Brady Bunch. How are you, sis? I'm doing all right, man. I can't complain. Did you just come back from somewhere? I just came back. I just returned from Phoenix, Arizona, where I was uh, I was um, there hosting a meeting for uh, a research group, essentially, a research group that I am so um, on. I mean, that's not, nothing about that so is famous, smart. actually. So smart. So nothing, good. nothing about that is famous. <laughs> uh, it was just kind of like a yearly check-in. I'm going into the third year of this project, and, you know, I am overseeing the ma- the research design, pretty much, and just kind of like letting them know where we were in terms of data collection and analysis, all of the nerdy things that give me great joy, but so probably important. bore you all to tears. But um, I mean, it was cool. It was like a, a few days just kind of giving everybody an update where we were with the project and how we can kind of streamline things, keep things going, moving forward. It was good. No, um, kind of like uneventful in that, you know, nothing... Nothing uh, amazing or terrible happened, which is pretty, which is, which is always good for me because, you know, everything went as planned, which is a blessing. No rattlesnakes. You didn't see any rattlesnakes. <laughs> no, I did not leave the premises of the, <laughs> of the, of the hotel. Not amazing. one time when I was there and it was, it was actually good. Um, was it warm? It was, it was warm, mm. um, but not in a, uh, it wasn't like hot. It was still kind of like Arizona's version of winter. Okay. Um, it was real. It was very dry, but not in an abrasive way. Cause I feel, I still feel like the winter, the winter dryness is not as oppressive as the, the heat of the summer dryness. Okay. Yes. Um, so it was like, not, it wasn't uncomfortable. Actually, when I was, we were headed back, it got a little chilly. Like, you know, I thought I was, cause of course I traveled in my coat. So when we were leaving, I had my coat in my hand when we got outside. I was like, well, let me put this on. Okay. There's a nip. It's just chilly out here. There's a little bit of a chill, but yes, it was fine. What's going on? Uh, how was your week? Anything um, new and exciting? New. No, I'm just I'm just literally moving still <laughs> or packing, packing, should I say, and, and officially moving this week. Um, the dopest dinner party in D.C. Oh, yeah. We have six tickets left. All right. For Sunday, March 24th. So you blacks better get in line. Get on it. It's going to be a good time if you're a vegan or a vegetarian or allergic to seafood. Sit this one this out. It's not for you. <laughs> you're going to be mad, mad. Duck, duck, goose. It's not your turn. <laughs> um. So yeah, and then <laughs> my sis, I will be. Why don't you go ahead and tell them all about the L of the A? So, man, we were gonna. Well, 
Okay, I was going to wait till the end of the show, but we can talk about it um, now. So, yeah. Um, just this past Friday, I announced on my social media that Team Typing Fast is going to be hosting another event and we're going on the road this year. You know, trying to test out different markets and planning to do hopefully a tour in the not so distant future. But our very first stop is going to be in the City of Angels. We're going to Los Angeles and we're going to have a woman of color and community brunch, much like the one we just had here in D.C. in December. We're going to be there on April 6th. 2019 we've secured a beautiful location um and we have secured an awesome talented black woman uh caterer by the name of sheridan um she's of i think it's uh spice was it street and spice or spice and street i don't know i'll put it in the description but um either way her food is looks looks like blazing hip-hop and r&b um we have a menu it's gonna have all manner of deliciousness like red velvet waffles and chicken Mm. and and um and and bacon and um omelets and oh my god all kinds of good stuff shrimp and grits you know the blacks love that um we're gonna have all types of good good things and um um, more than the more than food, we're gonna have awesome conversation, and we're gonna have a very special guest. Yes, hopefully, hopefully uh, two special guests, but I'll announce the very first one now. So one special guest will be in the person of none other than Sarah Jakes Roberts. The <laughs> yes, indeed, my sis, the movement. Okay, out here, just woman evolving all up and down the countryside. But she just has finished up her own tour. But Sarah's going to come and kick it with Teen Type of Fast and we're going to have brunch. So don't y'all want to come have brunch with me and Sarah Jakes Roberts? I'm very jealous. We are going to have all kinds of king and carrying on. But essentially, we're going to be talking about what it's like to... Um, I mean, well, just not what it's like, but essentially the very important and necessary work of prioritizing your personal mental, spiritual well-being and development while you're pursuing your purpose. We all get caught up in, you know, the autopilot of just kind of like chasing paper and dreams and aspirations. And a, a lot of times we do so comp- in, in um, compromising our own health and well-being and the things that are that are the essence of who we are. And Sarah and some other guests are going to be there to help us to kind of just get back to what's important and not lose sight of, you know, who we are um, who mm-hmm. we were made to be. So it's going to be dope, man. That's and I'm excited. So um, I hope that I hope that L.A. and the ladies of L.A. will come and bang with us. We're going to have an awesome time. It's going to be so much. It's going to be so much fun. Of course, we're going to have uh, fabulous decor by District Events and Design. We're going to have, um, you know, awesome swag and, you know, Zen in a Jar is going to be in the building. It's going to be dope. It's going to be yes. amazing. So um, it's actually going to be like a live retail situation. We're going to have like a live Zen in a Jar like retail store so we can, you know, practice some self-care and get all our smell goods and stuff on. And if you want to be down, if you want to come, you want to uh, be a sponsor, if you want to help us out in any way, send me an email. Let me know, you know, we're just trying to make this as big and as, as, as wonderful and amazing as, as we can. Uh, we're working on some really dope surprises for all the attendees. So if you have not gotten your tickets, ladies, I would admonish you to head on over to the links in my bio and um, get what you need. We're actually in early bird pre-sale right now, but I can assure you that that will be coming to a close very shortly. Um, so, yeah, while the getting is good, get your tickets. 
You will not be sorry, LA, I promise. If y'all come and kick it with us, you will not be sorry. I'm going to make it worth your while. Um, so, yeah, please come and kick it with us. Team Tapping Fast is going on a road, Betty. We're going on a road and we're going to Los Angeles first. Let's go the furthest away first, huh? <laughs> That's on the road. It's going on the road. On the road. Always on the road. On the road. <laughs> Yes. Well, well, that's so dope. I'm super, super proud of you. Thank you. So sis. that is going to be a schmazing. And yes. I wish I could be there. Maybe I'll pack myself in your suitcase. We're going to try to get you there, sis. I'm working on it. Now just keep praying for us. I'm going to I'm hit all the crystals. Oh my so God. <laughs> we have trash to get into. So let's just move right on along. Schmozy, schmozy. Schmozy on to the trash. <laughs> I don't know where that came from. What is a schmozy? I don't know, but I like it. Schmozy on to the trash. Schmozy on to the trash. <laughs> I knew you were going to do that. What a loser. <laughs> We have schmozied over to the trash. Oh, man. And it's, and it was fair. It was, it was, you know, it wasn't a lot going on this week. So I had to do some digging. Oh, my God. Uh, so first and foremost, Garrett Morris, a.k.a. Stan from Martin. Oh, no. Apparently there was a story a while back. Uncle Junior? Said, Uncle Junior. Also, Uncle Junior. was He was fired. Martin fired him while he was in the hospital. Oh, Lord. And then allegedly lied. Uh, about visiting him while he was in the hospital said he was by his bed every day or every afternoon Mm -hmm. or some shit Martin but he in actuality he fired Garrett Morris while he was in the hospital oh god I just found that to be interesting so (laughs) um we got into it a little bit in the beginning but you did not listen to Solange's album I did did not I did not. And I mean, that's no shade against Solo. Y'all know that I don't, you know, I, y'all know that I love her, uh, but I just have not had the, the space, the time. I've been trying to get through this book and other other responsibilities. Oh. I just haven't had the chance. No, that's fair. Well, I'm going to get into we'll it, wait though. until you listen to it and then we'll talk about it. I'm sorry. I'm sorry to let the whole world down. I'm so sorry. I'm going to be better next week. Because the whole world loves it when you don't get down. Bum, bum, dun, 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 dun. You did watch the Red Table Talk, though, didn't you? Mm-hmm. I sure did. With, with that little girl in them ugly sneakers. <laughs> I was like, what are these ortho sixes? These girls in these old ugly clunky shoes. I thought she got those from the Marshalls. Oh, like the Ross or something. Coles. My God. I don't know what's worse. But what did you think? What was your takeaway? Well, <sighs> speaking as someone who really just does not care. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to be real honest. Like, I just, I am floored that this is news nationwide. That's first news. and foremost. I am stunned, really. First and foremost. Shaken to my very foundations that we care so much about this. Yeah. I just feel like, you know, I watched it. I felt like I was really, um, I was taken aback that everyone was so invested. I understand that, you know, Jada and her family has known of Jordan for quite some time. Mm-hmm. Um, and I mean, I, I, I think generally speaking, 
I can get behind the premise of the red table and what Jada set out to do in terms of giving this girl an opportunity to tell her story. Um, I do feel like Chlorenthal um, really, really reached <laughs> with all of the with all of her carrying on on social media and, and so Shut forth. Armstrong. You know, I felt like she really did the most about about, um, did. you know, with regard to a man who has repeatedly and publicly just made it very clear that he does not want any parts of her. For those who don't know the Chloe side of things, <laughs> Chloe J tweeted and <laughs> said, <laughs> it said, why are you lying? Why are you always lying to Jordan Woods? Why are you always lying? lying. Oh my God. Stop fucking lying. So she said that to Jordan, essentially. And then she was like, you are the reason my family broke up. And that's when Black Twitter said, wait a minute, wait sis. Wait a minute. <laughs> because first and foremost, if this girl went to this nigga's house, or one of his houses or whatever, to go party after the club, clearly this is not the house that you're not wife and child living. Clearly, this is a different house. Were they together? For my understanding. I don't believe so. Right. So what is this even a conversation about? Like, honestly. So so you are you are stretch armstronging your ass off by trying to blame this 20-year-old girl for the entire demise of your family. Like, honestly, I mean. Girl, like I, I was, I, I, was like, I am. She did backtrack. She did. And say, she didn't say like, you know, I said some things out of anger, but I'm really hurt. And you know what? Like, I don't ever, I don't ever stand up for the, for them people and I still won't. But I can't understand on a human level being hurt by something, you know, and feeling betrayed I mean, in a situation like that. I mean, I guess I get it. And I understand that she spoke um, probably out of like, you know, that those emotions. Right. And we know and it's a f close family friend, you know? Right. Um, but at the same time, uh, <laughs> <laughs> we just don't care that much. We don't. And I think <laughs> that young man, you know, uh, what's his name? Tr Tristan. Oh, yes. Unfortunately. I'm sorry. It is Tristan. I wasn't sure. But yes, Tristan. Um, He's Jamaican. Is like. First of all, I just feel like it's it. What, what really made me angry was that it's always in these situations of infidelity. Like Tristan has not spoken up and said anything, but he's just allowed all of this to transfer. He's not done anything to clear Jordan's name Nothing. or anything. Nothing. Just out here being useless, <laughs> like just. And she didn't even like she didn't even throw him under the bus like that. I can understand. I mean, I think that. I think she said at the red table, like she she acknowledged that it was just like a series of terrible decisions. I think she could, yeah. she owned that. And, you know, speaking from personal experience, I, too, have been many places I didn't have no business being. Um, also as well. And I have learned lessons the hard way. It's unfortunate that given her her platform, whether she had built it or not, she has a platform um, mm -hmm. and the level of, of notoriety or popularity that she might have um, given those things, you know, you realize that people, you, you put yourself in, in the public eye and you put yourself under, under the public scrutiny. 
Um, that's you just do, one of, of the costs. That's just one of the, you know what I'm saying? It's one of the costs of, of, of being who you are. And listen, at the end of the day, the people, of, we don't care. the people of Flint still have dirty Letty water. That's it. That's really the long and that's the short really of it. That's really it. Actually. So I just, that's all I got. Like that's the long and the short of it. Enough of them. Luke Perry died. I mean, 90210. Like old 90210. Like I mean, original, original like original. Brenda. I know. Donna. I am stunned because he was a young man, relatively 52 years old. Yes, and had a stroke. My God. Had a stroke. So, yes, um, all the condolences yes, to Yes, indeed. Family. I wasn't ready for that today. That came across. I wasn't either. That came across. And not that I was Daily really Man. like. Looking for Luke Perry, but nah. I mean, but you know, you know who he is. Yeah, like I was like when I when I saw it, I was like, I don't like this. I came across my phone and I was like, what? Yeah. So all the condolences and rest in peace and all of and all of those things to his family. Um, Remy and Papoose revealed the golden child, and precious she is. She is just a chocolate ball of deliciousness. Her name is Reminis McKenzie. I didn't know and, that. And they're going to call her Kinsey Girl. Well, all right. Mm-hmm. Reminis. Like her mother. But she's just like her mother, mm-hmm. a junior. She's a junior, like Little Mo. <laughs> Little Mo acts like a junior. Cynthia Love. You watch Love and Hip Hop? Uh, I mean, uh, loving boot camp marriage. No. Oh, the sis. people said that I should. Somebody told me that you yesterday. should actually. It is, it is entertaining. I, when I tell you, I have never watched this show a day in my life. And me and Tristan sat down one day while we were packing up some boxes, and we said, "Let's watch this foolishness just oh because God. these niggas don't want it." Sis, you need to go watch it. It's on the Wii TV app. Who's on it? Waka Flocka and Tammy, mm-hmm. Soldier Boy and. Nia Riley, um, oh my God, Lil Fizz, <laughs> and this random girl. Okay, um, I was like Little Fizz, Lil, is- Lil Mo, and her, uh, her, her husband who looks like he fixes cars. He does. Um, yeah, and that nigga. So uh, this nigga is FaceTiming another bitch in the house. <laughs> <laughs> where they are on a show called Love and what? Ma- Marriage <laughs> Love and Marriage oh it's also Jessica Dime and her um, fiance I enjoy her and I- you would enjoy them even more on this show I love Jessica you would really enjoy them they are actually quite entertaining she told Soldier Boy I'll whoop your ass Soldier <laughs> I believe it and I know she meant it from the very depths of her soul from, from the from the from the depths of her ass injection she meant that <laughs> shit <laughs> Soldier Boy looks shook too he that young have. man has a cocaine problem he has but more than a cocaine problem allegedly Jesus. yeah he he does have more than a cocaine problem allegedly Sis, you need to watch it the, like right. just the foolishness between him and Nia Tammy is actually quite hilarious. Waka is also funny. Lil Fizz is, I don't know, he's just, and he just entertains me. Soldier Boy is a guilty pleasure for me because he is ridiculous. Agreed. Ridiculous, but I just seem to chuckle. And Lil Mo thinks so much of herself. And I'm just not sure why. 
Lil Mo was talking about how people, she said her and Soldier Boy, she's on the same level, her and Soldier Boy. <laughs> she was like, you know, what? people know me. They be looking for me and Soldier Boy. <laughs> like, she, Lil Mo thinks very, she thinks very highly of herself. So I guess if you're in a situation with a man who repeatedly and blatantly cheats on you like that, maybe you need to do whatever you need to do to reaffirm yourself. But she thinks very highly of herself. She has she has a fan base. Bless her heart. And, you know, in her mind, people are checking for Lil Mo, like right now, today in 2019. Anyway, um, the Senate has votes to overturn Trump's emergency declaration. <laughs> because, baby, that state of emergency, that was that I, I I'd had no words. I have no words. It's mad rigorous. <laughs> the Senate is mad rigorous. The Senate is mad rigorous. Senate is mad rigorous. They be taking Trump to the hole and shit. <laughs> <laughs> oh, this show is terrible. <laughs> I be making platanos. Um, and that's it. And that's it. Chris Brown. Oh, save your God. Was doing cocaine on the dance floor. Now, I allegedly. am stunned. I just wouldn't have believed it unless you showed me the video. Yeah, I wouldn't have either until Asante showed me the video. And there he was, you know, just cocaine on the dance floor. Mm-hmm. Idiot. It's like panic at the disco. I mean, you know, get it how you live, but no, as long as it doesn't no. send you into your fits of rage. No. <laughs> I'm not okay you know? with it. I'm not. You know, I'm not really a cocaine girl. That's not that's not my ministry. It like never has co- been. Not interested in it. No judgment to any. I I I I will only um, advocate for safe drug usage. Oh my god! <laughs> you know, safe drug drug usage. Do what you will. Don't share needles. Don't share straws. Don't dollar, do drugs. Don't what are we talking about? <laughs> oh my god! Well, you know, people are going to do drugs, so you just have to provide them the tools. But he is not going to do drugs. Jay does not do drugs, mm-hmm. and don't. I, All right, well. That's not drugs. Let's move on. Lastly, mm-hmm. something exciting to me. Pharrell is bringing a music festival to Virginia Beach. Oh. Called Something's in the Water. And so I looked up the lineup and it is not half bad. When is this He's happening? Got, this is happening April 26th, 27th, and 28th. And it's featuring Missy Elliott. Oh. The Migos, Pusha T, SZA, Janelle Monet, J Balvin, Lil Uzi Vert, Diplo, Rosalia. It's a whole bunch of people. Travis Scott. You had me at Missy um, Elliott. Music, Liz, I had me. The Kaylee 47, who I absolutely love. Jaden Smith, which the Smith children are just going to keep making music. Kay Tronada, <laughs> one of my favorites. <laughs> Janae Aiko. It's just drum. Oh, I love Anderson Pop. Oh, I might need to go for this. Are there going to be seats? <laughs> probably not, sis. You, this is a festival. Woo! It's probably going to be a whole lot of like my lord unshaved armpits mm. and, and fringe. Well, y'all make sure you be on the Snapchat so I can see it, okay? Yeah, I don't know. I'm getting kind of old for the festival situation. I've been needing a chair. This looks litty, and I also am quite frightened after watching them fire festival documentaries. So. Hello, good morning, nominee. <laughs> I'm scared. Somebody I'm gonna scared. have. I'm not sending nobody no money. You understand what no, I'm saying? Let me, let me tell you something. Run me my if thing. I get anywhere and I have to sleep in a tent in Virginia Beach, nigga, I'm blowing everything up. Nobody's like, that stupid because I'm. Like, 
Virginia Beach is not with it. The proverbial shit. Okay. <laughs> no. Somebody I'm is going Virginia, to lose their life. Shit to do but cook. Pack it up. Sell it triple price. Fuck. The oh books. my lord, have mercy. But let's move on to some positivity because we have a beautiful shout out to get to. Let's do it right now. My sister's popping right now. Like. Well, Freeway of love in a pink Cadillac. Hey, <laughs> and riding on the freeway. <laughs> Where did that come? I don't know. It just kicked up in my spirit, so I let it out. It's like a burp. <laughs> oh, help me! That was so funny. But we have a good shout out to get to. So. Let's get to it. I think this is going to really excite Kia, which is why I picked it. All right. I'm ready to hey, be excited. Jaden, Kia. Hey, Jaden, Kia. Hey. My bad. Hey. Hey, Jaden, Kia. I'm going to keep this short and sweet. Thank you so much. Praise the Lord, nigga. That's right. Anyway, I just wanted to nominate my cousin, Nikki Garcia, who just <laughs> authored a three-part book series, Code Playground. All right. Hasht- excuse me. Hashtag Code Playground. Hashtag Code Playground is a delightful place where young and adult minds meet. The series objective is to approach technology from the perspective of everyday life of a child. I love it. This series introduces three main parts of an HTML document, the declaration, the head and the body, and allows children to code and build character all at once. Yes. By the end of the series, the child would have learned to build the old faithful of HTML statements, Hello World, while learning how to develop self-confidence throughout his or her interactions in everyday life. So Nikki is a 12-year-old veteran to the developer game and also holds her bachelor's in in computer information systems from Florida A&M University. Last year, fame you. Last year, she authored an article in CEO Mom magazine about balancing motherhood with educational enrichment. Nikki um, owns her own web design firm, Personality Web Designs, and is officially certified as a minority-owned and woman-owned business. Yes, because Lord knows that application process is no crystal stare. With there being such a resurgence in encouraging Black kids to take an interest in STEM, I thought it would be fitting to nominate her. Her books are available for purchase on Amazon. The first series, if you own a Kindle, is actually free 99 and the other paperback books run for $12.99 my each. Price. So we will post the site in the description box and we'll also post the um the art of the link to the article in CEO Mom magazine about uh, about Nikki balancing motherhood and educational enrichment. I just thought this was super dope. It's very dope. So shout out to Nikki. Shout out to Nikki, man. I'm very, very proud. This is like, this is my kind of carrying on. I'm yes, as soon as I read it, I was like, yes. Yes, indeed. This is dope. Awesome sauce. Congratulations. Y'all go check this out. Y'all get get your girls coding. This is Girls Who Code. We need more and more, especially black women, but we need more and more Mm -hmm. um, children of color, teens of color, people of color. Uh, Steady in STEM and uh, just out here, out here like Nikki is. So y'all support this. This is dope. Yes, I'm definitely going to put all of the information in the description box in case you are not listening. Once again, the information will be in the description box of the show. That's right. Let's get on to our kitchen table. (sighs) Let us, let us dine. Dine, dine, dine. Imagine if you could chat with doctors anytime from your phone, get prescribed online and get birth control delivered straight to your door every month with automatic refills. Enter Nurex, the game changing company that's here to make getting birth control easier. 
Nurex offers end-to-end care without ever having to leave your home, and it means paying for fewer doctor's visits, skipping pharmacy lines, and no more forgetting to pick up your refill every month. Plus, if you don't have insurance, it's the most affordable option out there. And if you do have insurance, it could be completely free. So just go to their website or to their app to answer a few health questions for their certified doctors. They carry over 50 brands of birth control so you can choose your go-to or their medical team will help you find the best option for you. And don't worry, it's all safe and secure and HIPAA compliant. Just go to NURX.com slash grown for $20 credit and get birth control at your doorstep in less than a week. That's NURX.com slash grown. Hum Nutrition is all about making you look and feel your best. Each specific supplement packs a combo of potent ingredients designed for specific aims like clearer skin, boosted energy, or fuller hair. And it's backed by clinical results. Hum focuses on preventing concerns in long-term care and repair, not damage control and covering up. Their inside-out approach to beauty goes beyond a skincare regimen alone to give you great results. Hum's products are sustainably sourced, non-GMO, and free of soy, gluten, artificial colors, and preservatives. Plus, there are lots of vegan options as well. Try supplements like the Daily Cleanse, Hair Sweet Hair Growth Gummies, Uber Energy, and much more. If you aren't sure what you need, go to humnutrition.com slash get underscore started to take a quiz and get personalized recommendations from Hum's team of registered dietitians. To make things even easier, Hum offers a monthly vitamin subscription that's affordable, flexible, and convenient. So I went online and took my Hum quiz and got some help from the dietitians and settled on getting the um, growth gummies for my hair and the Uber Energy because, you know, I be tired. I can't... Um, I started taking my Uber Energy and I already felt the boost this Monday, honey, and got me through. And I'm excited to see um, what these growth gummies are going to do for my coils. Go to humpnutrition.com slash get underscore started for your personalized recommendations and get 20% off your purchase with code GROWN. That's humnutrition.com slash get underscore started and code GROWN. It's time for the kitchen table. And we are back with our getting grown, getting grown book club. We're a little tardy for the party, seeing that it's March and the February book. We're not going to review the February book in March, but y'all understand that this is sometimes you know we're a little late to the game. Just a little CP time, you know. But you know, thank you for your patience. Thank you for your patience so much. So we're going to talk about becoming by the one Miss Michelle Levon Robinson Obama. Yes, Auntie. Who I really and truly believe is related to me because <laughs> um, my my last name is Robinson. Yes. Michelle's family was well, I think it was her dad's family that was originally from South Carolina, as is my dad's family. I mean, she's just my aunt. I don't care what you say. I don't care. I don't care. Mine too, and ain't no Robinson. That's it. But um, so yes. We're going to read, we we read Becoming. We're going to talk, I mean, it's a lot of book, right? It's a a lot of book. It's a lot of book, but it's a lot of good book. And we're going to talk about uh, it uh, generally, and then we'll get into some of the specifics. Um, I'm going to just kick it to Jay right now, though, because I want to, I want her to just get into her honest assessment. I think that'll be a great place to start. So, sis, um, tell us. Tell us how you feel after reading Becoming. Just turn All right. 
Tell the truth. So, disclaimer, the book had some wonderful gems that we will get into. There were some great takeaways. Mm -hmm. There's some uh, amazing, um, some of her viewpoints and how she thought about things I thought was really positive, encouraging. It's something that we can strive for. And again, we'll get into some of those specifics but I was bored. <laughs> it doesn't make her any less of my auntie. I love her to death. You know, you all can keep your coffin shaped nails to yourself. Mm. I don't want to hear your screams. Like mm. this is my personal opinion. It just, I, it wasn't the most interesting read to me in the world. Not that I expected it to be the most interesting or, you know, I didn't expect for her to come out the gate. Like, so let me tell y'all what I did before Barack. It was like guns and butter, baby. Mm -hmm. I was shooting out all over the place. Like I wasn't expecting that, but I mean, if I'm gonna be all, if I'm gonna keep it all the way funky, I was, you know, I got a little bored. I was a little bored. So, (laughs) but, but I did, I did take some beautiful things away from it. And there were parts where, you know, I got a little emotional when she started talking about her father and things like that, but we can get into it. Um, but yeah, I was a little bored. It's okay. (laughs) I felt bad for being bored. (laughs) No, I think that's real. I mean, um, every, I think that's real. I'm, I'm glad that you stuck through it to the end though, even though you felt that way. Um, it's a memoir mm-hmm. and uh, she she does get really detailed um, about, you know, her life and things that she's experienced. And um, I think, you know, you take away every, there's something to take away from it regardless. Is it something? Absolutely. Is it like a, a nail biter of a book that keeps you on the edge of your seat? <laughs> Probably not for 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 some. I mean, um, I definitely thought there were there were parts of it where I was, you know, hanging on everywhere. But, you know, mm-hmm. it's a lot. It's a lot. And I think that what I what I feel like I like about it most is that it'll be like a reference. I feel like what I enjoyed about it most was we got to see Michelle and really get to know her. Yes. At different phases of her life. Mm-hmm. And we see how those phases intersected um, and interacted and really kind of brought her to this place of where she is in in this like constant state of evolution Mm -hmm. and that there is no act, you know, there is no one final actualized version of self, but that self is something that will continue to, to um, evolve. Yeah. And change over time. Um, So yeah, let's, let's get into, um, so you tell me, even when she was talking about like when she was in elementary school and like fighting the other girls in in the neighborhood. No, that, that I was entertained. I was. I was, listen. There were like, okay, even in the very beginning of the book, like one. So we can. I guess we can start getting to some specifics. Yeah, we'll talk about it. So I made a note because even in the beginning, where she had you know her little preface or whatever, and she was talking about, um. I thought this was really pointed. So she says, she said she was standing alone making cheese toasts. (laughs) And she was like, this is after they've gone, they've left the white house. They moved into their house in Chicago where they live. And she was like, this is the first time where the house was totally empty. Um, Barack was gone. The girls were out and she had, she was completely by herself. And she was like, 
I took a plate from the shelf without someone insisting that they get it for me. She's like, I washed my toast brown with the cheese on it in the toaster oven. (laughs) And she was like, and this felt as close to a return to my old life as I'd come. She says, or maybe it's my new life just beginning to announce itself. I didn't just make toast. I made cheese toast. (laughs) And I also listened to the book. I did the audio book, which I think helped. Because when I started reading it, I was like, oh, nah, I fell asleep like every three <laughs> seconds. But I listened to the audiobook, and that's I what helped too. me to push through. And it was nice to hear it narrated in her voice. But yes, she had. I also appreciated. I hope I'm not jumping around. I don't know if you have like a framed. No, I don't. OK. I also appreciated how black she was. Absolutely. Through and through. Like. And never the, compromised any part of the black. Never. Never like didn't cold switch. And she was very like she stood very firm. And my parents taught us to pronounce our words. They 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 taught us proper diction. But we were black kids raised in black neighborhoods, gone to black schools. And I, I, I remember when she was talking about being in college and how she looked back and realized, like, oh, wait a minute, I don't have any white friends. <laughs> I don't have any white friends. Listen. Like, she's like, and it's not by choice. It's not by, you know, any specific reason. I just happen to navigate to the people that I'm comfortable with and that I grew up around. And I just, I, I love the fact that she is a very black woman. Um, And she's very proud to be a very black woman. And she's always it seems like even since childhood, she was really grounded in who she was. I feel like, yes. And I've appreciated that. I think that had a lot to do with her mom and the way that she was raised. I love the Mm -hmm. way that she spoke of her mother's and the relationship Mm -hmm. that they had and her mom's parenting style. I was really excited about talking to you about that because I thought that the way that her mom parented Michelle and her brother uh, Craig was just unconventional. Yes. Um, In that she really cultivated uh, their, well, she created space for them to cultivate their own identity and their capacity to make their own decisions. And I thought that that was dope. Um, She wasn't, she, she was not, didn't appear to me that she was ever, that her authority as parent or mom was never in question. Um, and she was, no. she was, she was, she was just okay with letting her kids ask, um, ask questions and probe and kind of be themselves and assert themselves. Um, and I thought that that was really powerful. What did you think as a mom? I, um, I actually, I'm glad you brought that up. One, cause one thing that really stood out to me was, um, I think she was talking about her piano lessons mm-hmm. And it it was her great aunt who who taught the piano. I think is who it was. Yeah, Aunt Robbie. And how you Aunt Robbie is how she was really strict. Um, you know, she wasn't like the most joyful lady, and she was like not too many people stood up to her a lot. But Michelle spoke about being a really outspoken and sassy little girl, and she said, um, <clears throat> "My parents never really." like tried to correct me on that sassiness. She's like, I, I think they even appreciated it. And she was like, it helped me as I was developing. Cause it helped her with a certain confidence that she carried all through her life. Absolutely. Cause if you notice like the, one of the common themes throughout the book is that 
this Michelle has been she has been a very confident and sure of herself person. I mean, and that doesn't exclude like normal teenage angst or, you know, experiences like that, because we all go through those moments of doubt. But for the most part, she's been really grounded in who she was. And I think that started really early. And the reason why it stood out to me is because. Noah is super sassy. <laughs> Noah is like very mouthy, very sure of herself. Even her teachers will tell me and, you know, conferences and things like Noah is a child who knows what she wants. She's very clear about what she wants. You know, there's no trying to sway her in one direction or the other. Like she knows who she is. Okay. And it, it, it helped me to see that like we're kind of doing something right. Cause we want her to always feel comfortable in who she is. And we try as parents to make sure that we um, highlight that as opposed to, you know, which of course not allowing her to be a little asshole, you know what I'm saying? But, you know, and teaching her respect and things like that. But to an extent, it's like, I don't want to be the mother who is always down your throat about everything. And I love how her parents guided her you know, but very loosely right. and allowed her to make her own decisions in a lot of things. And she wasn't even wild. Like she didn't grow up to be like a wild girl. Like she said, I smoked a little pot. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> I got excited about going oh out with boys. God. Like she was very real about it, but she never really like veered too far off the path. And I think that's such a good lesson to us as parents to kind of let our kids, you don't, you don't have to like be on their ass. You can kind of stand a few feet back when they're riding the bike and let them kind of make their own mistakes, but just be there to guide them. And cause I feel like when you're too stringent and you box them in too much and you give them too many rules and you do too much of this or that, you know, it sometimes that's what makes kids go wild out. Tim's, and I, oh, go ahead. Oh, go ahead. No, 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 uh -huh, no, no, ahead, no, 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 finish. <clears throat> no, that's, ba that's basically what it was. I just really love that her parents allowed both her and her brother a lot of that freedom to be able to be themselves and kind of make those mistakes and things. I thought that, you know, to me, what it, it what it indicated or what made, it made me, um, it made me believe that Michelle's mom really knew Michelle. Mm -hmm. I felt like she was so, uh, she had such a strong sense of who Michelle was as a person and she customized her parenting style to like Michelle's unique uh, needs and interests, right? Mm -hmm. So um, she knew her kids really well. And that was like super apparent to me in that. Because um, even though she wasn't like very strict on Michelle, Michelle still developed a very strong um, sense Respect. of, yeah, and sense of standards for herself. Mm -hmm. She held herself to high standards. She wanted to do well. Um, and it, it, it didn't seem like her mom or her parents required her to, uh, you know, have certain kinds of grades or to be a certain kind of student or person, individual, you know, in terms of her involvement in different activities. But it seemed like she was very driven in, in, her, in herself towards success um thinking about mm -hmm. like her spelling test and her wanting to do well <laughs> yes. and, and that you know drive really following her or maybe even leading her throughout her whole academic trajectory into 
you know, Whitney Young in high school and on to college and law school. And she kind of held herself to this standard almost to a fault, right? Throughout her life. This, mm-hmm. this very, this, this, and, and it was good to see her kind of like look back and question and, and, and like as she was reflecting, look back and questioning, you know, why she, you know, where it came from or why that came so naturally to her to just kind of like be so organized and be on top of things. And this sense of competition that she kept up with herself um, that like followed her throughout her life. Mm-hmm. It was it was really dope to just see that kind of be birthed in her, even though her mom wasn't on her back. No, and it started so young because it started with her piano lessons. Yeah. And she said she was four and she was like, "Okay, I'm ready. I'm ready to go. Let's do this. Let's sit down. Let's let me play these keys. I memorize these songs, girl. Let me just show you what I'm working with. And I, I love that she that she that her parents helped her or encouraged that um, that sense of self very early in her life. Um. Another thing that I took away from her, you know, with her mom or yeah, another point to it was like how she came home from lunch, how she came home for lunch from school. And she said my mother was always like she was aware of her mother's presence. Mm -hmm. She was like, I was always aware of my mother's presence, but she never she never micromanaged us. She never she never was on us like that. And I just that really, really stood out to me because I just think that's so important in how we raise our kids. And like, I know a lot of our parents did the best that they could, but I feel like we had a lot of hovering parents, you know what I'm saying? Um, In one way or the other. And even as, you know, kids of color, we have a standard on us where we are told not to act a certain way, you know, for certain reasons or what have you. Um, And it just, it just allows that, 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 it allows that stringent like sort of energy uh, growing up. Like even when you talked about how you weren't allowed to go swimming cause you couldn't mess up your hair. Yeah. <laughs> like that, that's not a, you know, that's not a life for a kid. You got to allow kids to be themselves and kind of learn and grow. And so I really, really took, I really, that was one of the biggest takeaways from the book for me, I think was her parents parenting style and how that helped her to, to just grow into like this just very strong and sure of herself woman. Cause it wasn't like reckless. Right. And it wasn't like no. neglect. Like it wasn't like her mom just let her just kind of go off and do what she wanted to do, but she did. Right. So like, um, her, her mom gave her space to explore and, um, created, uh, a relationship where Michelle was comfortable asking questions and didn't feel, um, limited um Mm -hmm. in terms of like speaking her mind and sharing her heart and saying what she felt um and just kind of like even questioning authority and just Mm. you know asking why you know but you know there was still you could tell that she still lived a very structured life yeah um and that there was you know her her parents and her mom, especially, like you said, were really visible and very much so involved in there and in their own way, watchful mm-hmm. and protective. Um, so, I mean, it was dope. It made me it made me feel like, you know, should I get the chance to become a mom? It would be it would be that level of balance I would want to I would want to have in my in my parenting, because, um, I mean, if anything, not having it made me want to meet. Miss Marjorie. Uh, I know. It made me want to meet her and ask her, like, uh, you know, what was this like? 
Because clearly, I mean, it just it seems so different than the way that I was raised and, and others that I know were raised. Um, and I would just wonder what, you know, how she was raised and what kind of what informed her her choices as a mom. Yeah, because that was a really progressive way of raising your children at the time. Right. Especially to grow up in like very black neighborhoods surrounded by black people. Like it just seems like they had a very progressive way of thinking when it came to how they raised their children. Um, and in turn, you know, that helped, of course that starts the cycle on how Michelle's, you know, what Michelle's viewpoint is. I love, well, we'll get some more into some more things that I loved about how she, how she viewed things. But as far as the parenting style, I thought that was such a wonderful thing that we can all take away or anybody who aspires to be a parent or who is a parent. I thought that was a really, really great takeaway from the book. Um, just allowing your children that that freedom to be able to grow up and to be themselves and without feeling like hindered or feeling smothered. Uh, and that's something that I just feel like we can work on. I think it's I think it's a cultural thing. Honestly, I think a lot of our our parents are just they hover by nature because it's a pressure. They want us to do well and they don't know exactly how to communicate that all the time. So it comes off in a very naggy or like stressful sort of manner. And I, I just really love how how they how they approached parenting. Agreed. Um, I think, well, one of the things naturally that I really just thought was the, the bee's knees was when she was talking about her time at Princeton, especially mm -hmm. coming in as a freshman. That really resonated with me coming into a predominantly white space mm. and um, <clears throat> what, what, you know, what that, how that shaped, how her experience as a black, as a black woman on Princeton's campus in, you know, uh, what was it? The late seventies, early eighties. I don't remember. Mm -hmm. I think it was early eighties, early eighties. Um, and, you know, what it was, what, what she, what her apprehensions were, what her, um, you know, what it felt like to be surrounded by people who had privileges that she'd never had had and had exposure. And just kind of like, she talked about how people kind of like left their dorm doors open and just, mm -hmm. just, it was just kind of like this, like this place where, um, people seem so far removed from her reality and, even though, um, even though she went, you know, to the same institution that her older brother went to, like she still, you know, had to develop her own identity and, and how Michelle at Princeton evolved in, in ways that were different than Michelle who grew up in Chicago, South side of mm -hmm. Chicago. So I don't know. It was just really dope, especially the way that she cultivated friendships and how she, you know, got really super close to the other black kids on campus and what that did yes. for her, um, her, her little job. And, you know, and it was, it was, it was dope. Like I just, I, I really felt seen. It was one of the, I mean, not one of the, but really, 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 um, it was really reminiscent for me. <laughs> like if it was like, Oh girl, yes, this is it. Like this part right here. Um, and she was talking about how much she relied on her friendships um, in college, how they sustained her, how they, how they, yes, how she found, girls. yeah, how she found identity with those people, mm -hmm. you know, in a space, you know, where she was really isolated and alone. It was just like, yes, girl, that's it. 
I definitely I love, found those girls on my campus too. Like, oh, it's a black girl. I remember my very first um, day at Manhattanville, I had to take a placement test. We had to go into this room. And mm. I remember turning the corner, being all scared. And I saw another girl, another black girl. And I walked straight up to her and I just said, hi, my name is Takiya. I'm going to sit right here. Like, just because, <laughs> just because I was just like, oh my God, it's a black girl. I'm going to go sit by her. Yes. Yes. Like, it was just, it was because literally walking through all those white folks was like, hmm. Literally, I felt like, so much better it was like a sense of relief yes so, hey black girl it was like and her yes her name was Tanil. she was my first friend we called each other first friends for like all freshmen it's my first friend Tanil. hey girl <laughs> <laughs> it was everything i love black girls it was so good but yeah i love how self-aware she is mm-hmm. um how she spoke about her friend um who's the one who passed suzanne, suzanne. i was about to say sarah um, so she talked about Suzanne and how Suzanne had a very different approach on life than than what Michelle had. She, Michelle had always been very type A, very organized, regimented. very super regimented. She's like, I didn't play around with my studies. Like, even if I didn't make, you know, straight A's, like I got damn near close. Like I worked my ass off. And it was always, like Kia mentioned, it was always like in competition with herself and not necessarily others. Like she just held herself to a really high standard really early in life. Um, But she spoke about her friend Suzanne, who was very worldly and like traveled all over the place and had, you know, a very rich cultural background. I think she was Nigerian and Jamaican and how Suzanne ended up getting sick. She ended up getting cancer, but she spoke about Suzanne from the vantage point. And this is where I talk about the self-awareness. She's like, you know, I always thought Suzanne was living reckless or like, I knew she was having a good time, but I thought she was living reckless. And like, she's like, she was really living life. Right. And it really made me check myself and how I look at others or how I judge others. And I just thought, it's, she just had this she just had this self-awareness the entire time also throughout the book like in relation to how she dealt with other people and constantly checking herself and checking herself career-wise and checking herself like she another thing that I love I know I'm jumping all over the place <laughs> is that she see I told y'all like the, the book like it had good things in it I just you know so I love how firm she was and being confident and being cool as as a single black woman and how she was not checking for no nigga. (laughs) And she was very clear that she wasn't checking for no nigga. Like when she wanted a boyfriend, she had a boyfriend. But Michelle was a G. Like she talked about one of her boyfriends. She was going off to college and she was like, I knew this was going to be the last time we saw each other because I just knew how this shit was going to work. She's like, and I didn't have the balls to say it in his face right then and there, but I knew that was going to be the last time I was going to see him. I was like, yes. And even when she getting up to the part where she met Barack at work, um, you know, she she was not she wasn't looking for a man. And she you know, she made a really good point about a lot of her peers getting married and thinking that you know, marriage was going to solve their communication issues and how they viewed relationships. And it was getting ready to be the solve and the end all be all of how everything gets better. 
and how she realized like that's not how any of this works. Ooh, I was like, yes, yeah, <laughs> same. This is it, girl. This right here, like, same. I I really appreciated the time that they took. Mm-hmm. To get to know each other, mm-hmm. like as people, fun, like fundamentally, like I love that she took the time to uh, observe Barack in different situations, mm-hmm. and that gave her insight to who he was as a person. Because yep. I think when she said something, I can't. I have to find the quote. I tried to like mark the spot where she was like, how her friends were all interested in the superficial things of like of of mm-hmm. of a partner in terms of what they wore or what yep. they dr- what they drive or their potential for how many how much money they made right but she was just like it seems as though as as those things would be what sustained them or what kept them um or what gave them comfort or security or peace um and it seemed like they knew less about her friends knew less about who they were dating, like as people. Mm-hmm. So when, when the truth of who those people were began to be revealed, it was like all of this shock. Like how could someone who drives a BMW be trash? And it's like easily girl, like right. so like, simply. Meanwhile, my nigga's car got a hole in it. Exactly. Floor like and- I can straight see the street, but I trust <laughs> this nigga. She's like, like, and he wears white blazers, but you know White what? linen blazers. But like, he respects women. He respects his mother. He respects oh, the family unit. So good. So it was really good. You know, it was really good. It was, it, it was, it was, it, I still stay, stand by what I said earlier. <laughs> and you know what? Let me, let me be clear. I think, I think my vantage point is it, it's not maybe boring is the wrong word. You know what I'm saying? No, there were moments where I was bored. You know what I'm saying? It was a <laughs> lot of detail. <laughs> but I think what it was is that, and again, I didn't go into into it with the mentality of getting ready to read like Miami Vice or like right. you know I was getting ready to read some like you know coldest winter ever or some shit. Michelle was getting ready to get down to the nitty gritty of how she lost her virginity or whatever. I didn't. That's not what I was expecting. And I don't even expect that she's lived this crazy life. You know, we, we would have known about it by now. Right. Um, I think what it was, too, is that it's a very it's a very not it's a very different path than what you know, than what I know in life, period. And she she led a very kind of Jack and Jill existence, not necessarily in the affluent part of it, but. Justin, like I was focused on my education and I was focused on this and I had all my shit together with this and I got accepted to Princeton and she kind of fell into like the Jack and Jill category without actually being a part of Jack and Jill because of her parents' financial right. status and all of that. But it's it was just it's she didn't it's like she lived this. This this really like very regular, but also very kind of extraordinary type of life like. Justin, you know, she, what was I getting ready to talk about? Her, um, she was best friends with fucking Jesse Jackson's daughter in high school. Like, I'm saying like it was just regular, right? Right. It was just like, right. It was like regular excellence. I don't know what, right. That's exactly, maybe that's what it it was. It was like regular, very regular excellence. No, but I think that that, that was what was so intriguing to me. It was like, she didn't really recognize the ways that she was, uh, she was, um, Extraordinary. extraordinary right she didn't she <laughs> yeah. didn't really recognize the way she was extraordinary and what i thought was so was so crazy about that was that the things that that 
and, and Barack was the very same way, but she was so fascinated with him. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, she talked about the things that, you know, how, she, how he was so different. Yes. Um, um, and that, that's really what con- connected them. And it was that difference that was attracted to her, not only as it reflected the strength of his character, like the differences about him didn't only reflect the, uh, reflect the strength of his character, his intelligence or his sense of purpose, but it also in the sense that it promoted, it prompted her to take a look at herself. Right. That's, so yes, I, like, yes. you know how he's talking about how like, uh, I don't know if it was in the book or I don't know. Someone saying how like real relationships are really a mirror. Yes. How they really show you who you are. Mm-hmm. And that's how you know, that's how you know you've really found like someone your like your person, right? Like when you, when, when that, when that person pushes you to, to take a, a look at yourself, I'm like, now that, I'm like, this is where the self-help is at. Somebody tell Steve Harvey, he need to be, <laughs> he need to be reading this, honey, because I don't know what this thing like a man business is. I mean, it, it really, it was, I was, I found myself really connecting to what she was saying mm-hmm. in that, like, you know, especially around, you know, I feel like it's a soundbite now because this is one of the things that was promoted heavily about the book. But in terms of talking about how Barack had done his work and was yes. self-assured and whole in ways that transcended superficial things like looks and possessions. Mm-hmm. Um, their relationship afforded them op- opportunities for her to really observe him and come to learn elements of his character that confirmed her physical attraction. Like she didn't like, and I, 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 this is what scares me, right? Because he'd be always talking about how, you know, oh, he's so fine. He's so sexy. He's fine. You see somebody, but it's like, she didn't think he was cute at first, but like the more she got to know him, it was just like, oh. <laughs> you know, but it's that, that's almost the same thing as like, girl, he was so fine until he opened his mouth. Exactly. And then that's what like, happens to me all like, the time. Reverse. All the time. <laughs> ah, he was so amazing until he started speaking. Until he started speaking. Mm. And then I just couldn't do it. I mean, you know how many people I've canceled listen, just off of them opening in a mouth. Same, but it was that in reverse. And I now I will recommend this book if you are looking to date <laughs> and you are looking to date properly. I'm gonna show you I, my notes. I'm gonna take a picture of my notes <laughs> and send it to you. Because in chapter nine, I was like, uh, in the middle of chapter nine, I was talking about how he pushed her to read and stretched her in her own uh-huh. personal development so much so she started to journal to make sense of her thoughts and her path. Sis. She didn't want to lose herself, and I was like, dear. Lord, help me to be attracted to the things that matter. <laughs> I prayed right in my notes. Lord, help me to be attracted to the things that matter. I'm over here talking about right. I like his sneakers. Lord, help me. Michelle was talking about Barack was an avid reader. I found myself reading on Saturday night. Listen, while the girls were the at the crib. club. The girls like, was at the club and I was over here trying to read like they. I was over here reading, <laughs> but I really... She, <laughs> yo, she really like, and she broke, she really broke it down in making sure as women that we have a sense of self and what our purpose is because she's like, I got lost in him. Like she got lo- all caught up in Barack because he knew he had, like Kia said, he had done his work. He was so sure. He knew who he was. He did not care. He will wear his wrinkled linen shirt and be unbothered and, and be completely like, hey, what's happening? <laughs> what's happening, guys? Like, what's going on? And she's like, here I was and I had gone to school and my parents had worked their asses off and I'm miserable in my career. I don't want to be an attorney. I don't know. She's like, and I didn't know what my purpose was. And being around him actually made me more um, like made me question myself even more because he was so sure about who he was. And then it turned into a motivation for her to do the step, take the steps and do the work to figure out who she was and what her purpose was and what really drove her. And she, 
it, so you guys have to get the book itself but she really broke down actually she almost did like a little step by step and I don't think she realized that's what she was doing where? but she really broke down when she started journaling oh, yeah. where she was like asking herself specific questions to get to try to get to where to figuring out what that what that purpose or what that is that she really wants so dope it was so it was so good um it was so good and boring <laughs> see you're changing your tune you're changing no, your tune no i still stand by what i said no i mean there were definitely parts that were a little slow right so when she was talking about like this i know for me it, it started to get a little slow when she was talking about you know his early beginnings in the state legislature legislator and you know those kinds of things i was just like all right now well let's get to it now like but you know no, but it was dope. And I mean, I'm wanna I feel like we should wrap up soon because I don't want to give away all of the things. But I will want I did want to say really quickly that another part that really resonated with me um was the conversation. Well, not the conversation, but what she said about uh grief and loss. Um and how uh that um, you know, her gr- grieving her friend Suzanne and her father mm-hmm. sharpened her refocus, uh, sharpened her and refocused her on living life intentionally. Um, and, you know, just kind of like feeling that resonated with me because, you know, losing Brian low key did the same thing for me. Um, I mean, it just kind of her talking about uh, just re just adjusting to life after loss and, and what that mm-hmm. kind of just prompted me to think about, you know, how that's really a critical period of adulting. And that's maybe a conversation that we should think about having in the future. I was, I was thinking about you actually, when I was reading about that, um, when I read the part about her friend, Suzanne, and, you know, I, I, I thought it was also encouraging the way that the way in which she spoke about losing someone close to her just because um, it was very honest. Absolutely. It was very, it was very, very, it was very honest in, in, in the way that she spoke about the emotions and she's like, you know, you don't even have this, like you don't even want to tie your shoes. Like, and you feel guilty for actually being of the living. Um, yeah and the thing about life especially someone who had a plan and someone who was so structured and the thing about life is that there is no way there's no one way to do it and you know even though she was really systematic and having her color-coded notes and organization and structure and rules and mm-hmm. um you know even though you have all of that like sometimes will life life will life you upside your head and really just put all of that in in perspective mm-hmm. and really show you who's boss and despite your plans I feel like plans are good so I'm not saying that we shouldn't have plans and we shouldn't be structured mm-hmm. and organized and thoughtful in the way that we approach life but we also have to remember that like you know um, I think a large part, a large message, a consistent message throughout the book was about adapting, adaptability and really just kind of um, um, being uh, flexible enough to let go of the prescribed ways that you think that life should be. She talked about that yeah. in her relationship and how she thought that, you know, 
how it was just just it made so much sense for her for Barack to just do things the way that she wanted him to do and right. even in therapy the dude was like no mm, like no mm, no you're gonna have to learn how to be you know a bit more flexible so yeah so mm-hmm. I mean just just was a common theme so I mean I don't want to belabor the point so there is a lot of to just discuss here but y'all let us know what y'all thought about becoming um, what parts stuck out to you? What uh, I mean, we we didn't even scratch the surface. There's surface. There's really we so didn't. much to talk about here in terms of like you know how she transitioned, you know, out of out of practicing law into doing more civic minded, you know, uh, work and you know finding her her way through that. You know, we didn't talk mm-hmm. about her how she, her her transition into motherhood and how that wasn't necessarily so yeah there's a lot more here that we could have we couldn't got we could have gotten to but it's just so much book because you know it's just what I will say though is that being I wouldn't trade anything uh for being black and especially being a black woman in this life and I'm I'm grateful to Michelle for being transparent about her journey um and being so detailed, because this really does give me something that I could look to as I navigate life. And even though, you know, my life wasn't exactly like Michelle's, uh, there's definitely, <laughs> definitely a, a lot that I can. I feel like there's a lot that I can learn. Um, and even a lot that we can continue to talk about as 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 women, as we navigate these different phases of life and love and career and family. Ooh, I just imagine if I married a nigga who became president, all of the dirt they would dig up on me. Like she wrote this book and it was just I was like, yo, you were real regular, but like not. And like it like in a, all of this is in a good way, though. They gonna put me and put my ass in a book and be like, your girl was caught doing oh, <laughs> all manner of foolishness. No, but um. In all honesty, you should. I think it's a good it's a it's a really good book for black women. It's a good book for black women. If you can really get in between those lines and really look at the messages that she's delivering and just her just her outlook, her outlook on her parents, outlook on parenting, her outlook on parenting, her outlook on herself, self-worth, finding your passion and your purpose. All of those things were really pointed things that uh, I, yeah. I think both that we took away and lots of more, lots more conversations we could have around like respectability and like the pressure that we put on ourselves as African-American women, the pressure that we feel to perform in these spaces, Mm. to perform in these ways. So it's an awesome book to read with your friends and your sister friends and your, uh, uh, you know, just just it's it's awesome, it's an awesome conversation starter. Um, so yeah, let us know if you have you read Becoming of the things that we didn't hit on that you think we should. Let us know in the comments or y'all know how to reach us via uh, email or social media. Let's continue the conversation. Let us know what what we should read next. Also, um, yeah, and if you guys were bored, you know, don't feel ashamed to say it. <laughs> you know, let it out, say it loud. And together we can all stand in our ancientness. <laughs> I wasn't bored. I thought it was great. <laughs> no, but it was great. As I talk about it more, I'm like, damn, I really like this more than you I thought really I did. did but... I don't know why you faking, but it's fine. We can talk about it later. But that's the but it's duality. Like I feel it's duality the way that I feel about this book because well, I mean, you it's know, met, it's like having a conversation with your grandfather. You really appreciate it and you love the gems that he drops and you can really sit there and listen to them. You're but, not gonna find like ratchet things and hood rat exactly. things in here. And I know that that's what you are looking for. <laughs> but, I was not. I knew not to expect that 
from here, but here we are. Oh my gosh. <laughs> Let's move on. This episode of Getting Grown is also brought to you by Shaper. Take networking from awkward to awesome with Shaper, the number one professional networking platform that uses your experience, interests, and goals to help you make the right connections. Whether you're looking for investors, a co-founder, a new job opportunity, or just inspiring conversation, Shaper can connect you to professionals who truly want to share tips and help. Each day, it suggests 15 people with similar goals and interests for you to meet. Then all you have to do is take a few minutes to swipe through your daily profiles like Tender Child and set up coffees with people who stand out. If you're a professional, the Shaper app should be installed on your phone. So download the app today or check out Shaper online. That's Shaper, S-H-A-P-R dot co, C-O to learn more about Shaper. Download the app and improve the way you network. And I want to be very responsible of the things I say to my sister because everybody know I can be real petty. P-E to the T-T-Y, honey. All right, let's be petty. Um, mine is really super quick um, because I feel like it happens to me more and more every week. And I am I feel like it's really petty and people are going to be like, oh, dang. But I just got to get it off my heart. So, you know, on Instagram where you can like share a post with someone like via DM. Mm-hmm. The people have a tendency to share things with me from people who have private pages. So then it's like, I have all my notifications are, I mean, my DMs are filled up with all of these like, oh, you can't see this post because such and such is private. And it happens to me all day long. Or the people just send me like, um, people just, you know, 40,000 of you send me, send me one video. And it's like, everybody wants me to see this. I'm with it. Let's get it. But like all of y'all send it to me at one time and it's like, well, how do I keep? So I just keep saying, LOL. Like, what do I say? I feel responsible. It's pressure I put on myself because it's like I didn't feel responsible to say something different. But I've gotten this video like 14 times. I don't know. I know that's really petty and small, but that's that's my peeve this week. Oh, I did have another one, but it's okay. No, say it, please. No, I think I need to think about it a little bit more because it was. Well, yeah. Mm, don't talk to me while I'm in the bathroom. Like, don't don't speak to me in a stall. Don't don't talk to me while I'm in the bathroom at all. I have a coworker who has a really bad habit of doing that. If you just go to the bathroom with them at the same time, they will talk to you all over the stall. And I personally think that that is just the most intrusive thing in the world and I can't stand it. And that, that, like, just don't speak to me. Like, if, if you're peeing and I'm peeing and we're in two different stalls, oh, no, like, that's gross. Don't, I don't want to have any conversation. I don't want to carry on the conversation that we had prior to walking in the bathroom. I really don't want to be using the bathroom with you at the same time, but I don't want to be having a conversation with you over the stall, under the stall, through the stall. I don't, I, I just don't want to talk to you. While I'm mid pee, I don't really like people to hear me pee, but <laughs> what? I hate that. Like wherever I am, I'm the person that's going to turn the water on. I just don't like people. To really? Hear me. I cannot. That makes me really crazy. Everybody pees though. I don't care. I don't want you to hear me pee. Listen, y'all can hear me pee all you want. I don't care, but just don't talk to me while I'm doing so. Mm-hmm. I just don't. I don't know. I don't. 
You're so funny. I don't. You don't want people to hear you pee. I do not. Do you wait? But what if you don't have the option of turning the water on? When would I not have the option of turning the water on? In a public bathroom where you in a stall. People are going to hear you pee. I like to go in by myself. <laughs> so you wait for everybody to leave the bathroom? Or I like go to like the farthest stall, <laughs> far away. And if there's like hella people in the bathroom, I will turn around and try again later. What if you have to pee really bad? I mean, if I must pee, then I will pee. But it is my preference to not have people hear me pee. It's my preference to not use public bathrooms at all. But that's another that part as well. That's really the that's really the bigger and the larger, grander conversation. Um, yeah, but that's another episode of Getting Crowed. Yes, it is. Do you have any announcements of, outside of your wonderful LA no, brunch? I think I'm all good in the hood. Well, all of the links will be in the description box. In the meantime, sis, tell them what to do with their lives. Um, as always, continue to drink your water and mind your business and always moisturize. Why, sis? Because your black will absolutely crack if it's dry. Bye. Goodbye. Imagine ordering and chatting with doctors all online and getting birth control delivered right to your door every month. Enter Nurex, a company that's here to make getting birth control easier. Nurex means fewer doctor's visits, which means you don't have to sit in them awful ass waiting rooms, skipping pharmacy lines and automatic refills that you don't have to think about. Plus, it's the most affordable option out there without insurance and could be free with insurance. That is a win win. Go to NURX.com slash grown for a $20 credit.